the following podcast, scheduled for one fall, is for the Journey Into Wrestling Podcast Tag Team Championship. Settle miedo. Because the Warhorse will fight until he breathes his last breath. I got the whole damn world in my hands. Your arms are just too short to box with God. You just made the list! But the man is back. Daddy's home. Ricky ain't about just taking titles. I'm about taking this up to another level that you've never seen before. I'm a wildfire burning across the countryside. I am Napalm Death. Welcome to Villain Enterprises! Come on, man. No more questions, not that damn What's up, WrestleManiacs? Welcome back to yet another episode of Journey into Wrestling today. It's Journey into Wrestling, Season 5, Episode 16. I am your host, Nate, and... Oh, oh, wait, oh. Five, four, three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> Our guest host is uh, Buckles. Welcome back to the show, my friend. How are we doing, guys? Man, I love a rumble. And both rumbles were fun this year. We're getting right into so it, man. Well, it's it's the one thing that WWE really doesn't screw up every year. And they still kind of did, in my opinion, but I still like them. They were fun. There were a lot of good moments to talk about. And actually, I've watched a, a fair majority, not all of, but a fair majority. Oh, my God, my cat just totally fell off the couch. That was amazing. Uh, <laughs> he just, like, backflipped off the couch. Good job, dumbass. Uh, well, the, the jury must know that he laying on his feet. He did, Of course, he did. he's a cat. That's that's okay. Um, anyways, he's back for love and he's like rubbing into my arm. Biscuit, you want to come say hello? He's going to come say hello on the show, guys. Here he is. If you're live on the podcast, this is my Siamese male, very affectionate, fat chonker known as Mr. Biscuit. Cat. He is. Uh, say, I, I, I would grab mine. Mine is in the beanbag chair behind my seat now. She's a. Uh, She's engaging in silent protest because I gave her a bath last night. And she's still mad at me. I told you off air. You're a terrible human. You did a terrible service, giving her all the yeah. pets and all the baths. But yeah, uh, she's only spoiled as hell every other minute of the freaking day. God forbid I give her a bath. Before we get into crazy Daisy Dukes, my friend, I do need to say that we are two short weeks away, and that could be a 16-day weeks I'm not sure how that's going to go because we kind of sometimes run a little long. But we've actually been consistent with Friday releases as of late here. So Last couple weeks, yeah. However, that's been kind of falling. Anyways, I digress. You know, we're still weekly. We're still weekly. We are God. still weekly. We're still live, pal. Uh, but uh, we are two short weeks away from episode 100, man. That's like a legit thing. People can look down in your little screen corner there over to your uh, be the... Yeah, that side. You did it right away. Yeah, ah. look at you. You did it right away. That was, that was like 50-50 shot. <laughs> and if I did it, I would screw it up. I'd be like, here. Um, oh, it's, I actually it's, did it. Shit. <laughs> here. 
There you go. So, yeah, we're almost to episode 100 officially. Now, the way that works, guys, in case you're curious, we've just compiled all the number of episodes we've done on this series as a whole, and we're deciding to just, man, not keep doing it seasonally because we're going weekly and to just keep a number tally now and to be real with it. So soon it's going to get rid of the season numbers. You're going to start hearing us call number numbers, and that's going to be a lot of fun. But I digress. There's a lot of wrestling to get into, well, Buckle. Well, oh, go ahead. Before you, while you're on the subject of talking numbers and, and the number of shows, don't forget to plug the website because you have the entire list of all the original Journey into Wrestling podcasts up until this point including this point this beautiful wrestling podcast that you hear before you right now will be on the website as well go listen to our stuff not right now but soon when is then yeah just then i have to i do have to point out as well um in talking to a fellow podcast over the weekend um or at least a fellow twitter user i believe it was a podcast um mentioned something about uh wanting to combine tag team divisions we just happened to be in a conversation about that i said hey I have an episode where we talked about exactly that. Let me go get that link and give you the link to that exact episode. Here you go. Enjoy that. Marinate on that. Did they like it? I have no clue if you listened to it or not, but it's cool to be able to do that. Yeah, right? It is great to be able to be like, hey, we have these uh, conversations in our annals and our history and our backlog and uh, honestly, man, though, there has been some pretty, pretty decent wrestling. There's been there's been a lot of good wrestling over the last few days, really the last calendar week, of not just the rumbles, which probably I wouldn't say I would say up until last night was the biggest of the news, um, but AEW's got good shit, NXT's got good shit. There was indie wrestling in the in the year of our Lord 2021 this weekend that was wonderful this past weekend. Yeah, so lots of cool stuff going on. Raw actually did completely suck. It was great. Wow, you said Raw was great. Now, yeah. Somebody I, I, go check his temperature. I do have to apologize because I did fall asleep in front of the main event, but I digress. <laughs> Wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? It was Edge versus Orton for the 90 millionth time. It was the greatest rematch. It was the greatest wrestling match rematch ever of all time that ended in, in a shit finish. But, of course yeah. it did. But before we get there, where should we actually genuinely start? I feel like maybe the Fight Forever news is good to do first because kinda, it happened first. That was actually going to be my suggestion. Yeah, it was. Uh, that was the chronological first event. Uh, and we talked about it on the show last week. Uh, GCW uh, did the quote-unquote Fight Forever event uh, from 8 p.m. on Friday night to 8 p.m. Saturday night. Uh, I actually skipped watching SmackDown to watch that on YouTube. It was free. Uh, although you could donate to their Indiegogo, which would um, donate to the wrestlers themselves, kind of a giant uh, telethon of sorts uh, for uh, indie wrestlers. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm not going to recap everything because I didn't get to watch everything. Again, this ran for 24 hours straight, and I may be a wrestling fan, but I have to sleep at some point, so I missed a good chunk of it from like midnight to 8 a.m., um, but did get to watch quite a bit. There was some good stuff. Um, There's some notable fun shit at the very beginning of the show because uh, they ran through their first hours, kind of set up in different hour blocks for different promotions. And 
I think during the beginning of the second hour, the, well, in the first hour, they were having all kinds of audio lag and, you know, shit just not quite going right. They were in this, uh, this bar, this undisclosed bar. As if OneDrive was on your computer right now. It is not. It's not. Okay. Noted. It's not. Um, but yeah, they had, a. Uh, they had some lag issues at the outset and then uh, they finally got the audio working right. And during the uh, wrong button, wrong button, wrong button, wrong button. Sorry. I was checking for one drive. That's zoom, the zoom. And uh, yeah, don't want to cancel zoom. Uh, Zoom and OneDrive are very similar in logo and very similar in icon. Um, But they had some issues when they went to their second hour where the feed just like completely cut out. Um. And apparently they had a massive power outage at the venue, which oh, took them like half an hour. Curse yeah. us on that now. Bro. No, 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 not at all. But they got it back up and running and there was some really good shit. Um, a lot, a lot of the second day I enjoyed the hell out of uh, during the uh, Effie's big gay block. Um, Effie who had been up, I guess for about 31 hours straight, I believe it was at that point um, had a match that was supposed to be at the collective against Billy Dixon and, uh, and started the match with a promo de- uh, declaring that he'd been up for 31 hours and that he was just all over the fucking place. He'd fought homicide the night before and daddy's fucking home. So ring the bell. <laughs> We're going to have a big gay street fight. And it began literally with them again. They're in the shitty, like middle of nowhere bar, two floor bar, big metal staircase up on the side. They go, they fight their way up the stairs and Effie gets thrown down the stairs <laughs> Less than two minutes into the match, and it looks horrific. Like somebody go check on him. <laughs> horrific. Whoa! There is tons of penis-based offenses. You would obsess over. You would expect in an Effie match. Um, I believe at one point uh, Dixon got put set up in the corner and uh, had a chair lodged in between the legs that Effie ran and soccer kicked. <laughs> Ouch! But uh, great match, fun as shit. Uh, and then they followed it with. Um, a couple notable things, one being the uh, Alley Cats uh, Real Hot Girl Shit was the name of the uh, the block. Yeah. And uh, Alley Cat and uh, Willow Nightingale had what may have been the match of the weekend. Just a fucking out-and-out banger of a match between the two and lasted like 20-some-odd minutes. I think yeah. Alley Cat may have ended up with a concussion by the end of it. I'm not sure, but fun shit. And then uh, the other notable match that I definitely want to call out, I actually mentioned during Raw um, because people, I thought people needed to talk about it, and I thought, well, fuck, I'm just going to throw it into the Raw chat. Um, I don't remember the promotion, but um, Jordan Oliver, um, most recently of MLW, and Tony Deppen, most recently of Ring of Honor, were set up to have, for one of those one-hour blocks, an Iron Man match for... Uh, these like synergy pro i think it was title and i mean standard iron man match went for an hour good match and ended at the end in a draw and normally is you know the world of wrestling that we live in what's the trope you go to sudden death sudden death fall right jordan oliver gets on the mic says no 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 I'm not going out that way. I'm not going to you know, defend my title in a fucking draw. One of us is going to win. You know what? I can go for a whole other fucking hour. And he looks over at Deppin and Deppin's kind of like, fuck it. Sure. They went for another hour. They went for a two hour straight 
Iron Man match. That a little like a breather right in between, grab some water and whatever, and went right back to it. So shout out to Jordan Oliver and shout out to Tony Deppin for a two hour long collective Iron Man match. Is that the record for uh longest I've ever seen? By a by a long stretch, longest I've ever seen. So That's I, impressive. I I don't have the the numbers on that, obviously, but the longest I've known of. And it was a good match the whole way through. It actually ended, went right up to the very end again with uh, Oliver being up one fall and Deppin trying to uh, get him to tap out, uh, try to get him to tap out at the very end just to tie the score up again. And Oliver refused to submit, kept it on. So he was in the submission hold when the timer went off. Nice. So just good baby face win. Fun match. Obviously a little bit of a longer one, so a little tougher to catch if you don't have the time to spare for it. But if you do, worth the time. Hell yeah, um, it sounds interesting. I don't know what the total amount of money they raised was, but I do know they were well over their goal. I think it was something like fifty thousand dollars. It was really cool. Hell yes. Um, the other the other notable thing, and it was a it became a meme um, on the Twitter feeds. I was t- live tweeting the whole thing as much as I could. Uh, the High Spots Wrestling Network, who was partner of the promotion and did a lot of uh, sponsorship on their own sure. uh, kept running this ad that featured Terry Funk of all people going don't give up fight forever fight forever and ever which is a cool commercial sure except the audio on it was really loud for one oh no and they kept showing it between like every fight match. forever he's screaming at you yes and it's it's terry funk old man screaming and Lovely. it played literally between on like every ad break it played at least once so like i I went to bed with it playing on youtube and i swear to god i woke up hearing forever and ever <laughs> by the end of the show by the like middle of the day on Saturday, people were just ripping it on Twitter in, in a good way. I mean, it was still everybody loves funk. So I mean, there was a couple times where you could tell they looped it again intentionally, so it would be and ever fight forever and e- fight for like it just kept looping and like okay now they're trolling us. That's and then uh, uh, high spots comes out and says, hey, so um, GCW, we've got an agreement now that if we get our our funding goal, we will stop doing the commercial. <laughs> we'll stop playing it. <laughs> it was it and was in a, a really second fun thing to follow on. The Twitter. goal was reached. It was hit within like ten minutes. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. It was a it was a blast to watch. Actually, like I said, started off a really fun weekend of wrestling. Um, I didn't get to watch the very end of it. I know uh, Ricky Morton and his son fought uh, Ricky Shane Page and Alex Kogar. Um, I know. Uh, Janella had a few matches in there. Uh, there's a, a lot of cool shit in uh, in the whole thing. And I know, so I know it's going to be re-uploaded onto YouTube at some point. I don't know if it's Game Changer that's putting it up, if the individual promotions are putting it up. I'm not sure, mm. but a ton of fun stuff the whole way around. Hell yeah. I also found out found out that uh, Chikara, which kind of went under because of the allegations against uh, Mike Quackenbush, um, is now known as Camp Leapfrog or it's, it's the okay. spiritual successor to Chikara, which if you like Chikara and the kayfabe that it was and the just silliness that it could be, uh, like where you had Cesaro wrestling, wrestling as very mysterious ice cream, um, it's now it does have a spiritual successor. There is a new Chikara. It's called Camp Leapfrog. Fun shit. 
Okay, we'll I have to check that out as well. Yep, very fun. Yes, so that was Saturday. And then Sunday, we get to the Rumble. And you actually got to watch parts of the Rumble. So, Big, yeah. Great success. We were going to live watch along this. And I was wiped from... It's been crazy, you know. The weather's been crazy. We've been getting a ton of snow. A lot of stuff yeah. been going on here. And it's just been very arduous with my drives and stuff. So I got home, and I barely had enough energy to even sit on the couch. But I put the Rumble on. And at that point, I think, like, maybe nine or ten dudes were already in. Carlito was already in. That, so was, that was the first message I got from me. Holy shit, Carlito. I was because, I mean, I always loved Carlito. Um, I Carlito spit in the face getting... of those who don't want to be cool. like Except he doesn't right now because of COVID. <laughs> exactly. You can't spit in your face because that would be not he. He Good. came out on Raw and wrestled, and he didn't have his apple. He actually like looked at his hand, like, "Where is the apple?" Oh yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> this gimmick um, doesn't work in COVID. Yeah, but, but uh, uh, rumor is that he's actually going to be sticking around for a little bit. I think that's awesome. I saw there's a rumor that he's pushing to get Chris Masters in so they can bring their tag team back. I'm down, and I think okay. that'd be interesting. I think Raw and SmackDown both need a depth in their tag team division um but so. uh, as far as the men's rumble though uh man it was like the tale of of kind of when i got in one of the first things that kind of cut to was them talking about how randy orton is currently backstage and injured because after a vicious attack by edge and all this, and I'm like, okay, right. so he's not out of the rumble, and he's gonna come back at the right. end. And... He got, he got the, he got the taking that for half an hour duties. And yeah. uh, let's see, we had a vi- there, there, there was not a ton of NXT influence in this one, which is a little unusual. Damian little... Priest was pretty much it, and which was his official call up. He's now part of Raw. Oh, so he's not um, NXT here. He's a call no, up. he is. No, he's been called up. He was on Raw on Monday, um, and I'll be—I'll get to him in more in a little bit as well because he had a good showing with the Rumble. Can we talk um, about one entrant in the Rumble that bothered me? Sure. Is there any way you can guess my 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 frustration? Not necessarily, actually. I think I might know who you're talking about, but I'm not sure if I do. Okay, you're so about the Hurricane bit. Yeah. Absolutely, so dude. There, there's a reason for that. Okay. There's, there's a story behind that. Um, so go, what your issue first? What was the issue? Okay, first? so first and foremost is we just saw him at the Hardy Compound for an AEW thing. I get it. He's an independent contractor, can do what he wants. I get right. it. However, the way that was shot kind of hid his age and how he does not look as superhero as he once did. Right. And this was bright lights in the Thunderdome, baby. And uh, stand back. There's a chubby bunny coming through. Cause <laughs> he, he was that. That's your episode title right there. <laughs> text that to me right now. Stand back. There's uh, a chubby on, bunny coming through because if you got room for that as a, t- as a, as a we, title, we can definitely squeeze stand back. There's a chubby bunny coming through, but. That's a fact, man. I noticed it, and I was, like, not quite into it. But I will say this about the Rumble. The Rumble captivated V, and that's how I knew it was decent. 
She didn't get up and say she had other things to do, better things to do. She watched throughout to the whole thing. It was great. It was a nice little moment that we got to spend together. And uh, I will say that, you know, who I think she's a big fan of is Otis. Oh, yeah. How can you you not? Oh, yeah. How can you not be a fan of Otis? He's Um, So real quick, here's the story on Hurricane is that he was not supposed to be in the match. Uh, what happened is that was probably Keith Lee's spot. Uh, Mia Yim was diagnosed. She tested positive for COVID. Keith Lee, who is dating her and lives with her, wasn't in the Rumble. So thought process, and it's not confirmed or anything. The only thing we have confirmed is that Mia Yim does have COVID or is did test positive for COVID. But uh, the rumor going around is that was Keith Lee's spot. They needed somebody to fill it in, a, in a, just a quick bit. That's why he was only in the match for like 30 seconds. Just get in, get out. We have them put somebody in real fast. Hur- Hurricane's I mean, like, I always travel with my trunks. Well, like, on the one hand, you could say that you, that could have gone to anybody else. They could have put Aleister Black in there. They could have put... They could have put T-Bar in there. They could have. They could have put fucking Pete Dunn or another NXT person. They could have put Carrying uh, Cross, who I was betting on. Could have put him in there for it. But Vince being Vince, they just... He likes hurricane i thought it was funny and it wasn't a bad spot i mean the double choke slam thing is funny so whatever fuck it was a little bit of levity in the show sure Um, but i thought that overall they had so much heat and build up and until that point like they were building to a fever pitch and i think unabated to that goofy moment this was it was like having gold dust come out at 27 just to do like a uh, you know, a stutter gimmick, and then to get thrown over the rope immediately. It's like it just it just distracted from what is really a quality match we're having here. That, true, true. That had a lot of just the other the other big moment in the match that I loved was seeing Christian coming back. Christian, who again might be back on a little bit longer run. Christian, who's been out of the ring for seven years, uh, reportedly and was not going to be cleared ever, 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 ever again. So to see him not only in the ring, but taking bumps and that hug with Edge, fucking great the whole way through. Also, the story that's kind of built into the the Christian thing. Have you seen that? The Big E thing? Yeah, how he was guaranteed an IC title shot seven years ago and then left the company. He was was, uh, in line for an IC title shot and then had to retire due to injury. And against Big E, no less. mm -hmm. So who naturally has the belt now? And uh, Big E's quick to say, Bring it, man. I'm sure I'm down for it, which I'm fucking all for. Uh, Big E, who has shown himself to be just a legitimately wonderful human being. Really, all three of the New Day guys. Um, just to stay within the rumble and actually touching on Big E for just a second. The What's your take on Edge winning? Okay, so let's see. What was the final four? We had Edge, Christian, Riddle. Riddle and DB? No, Brian was out for prior. Uh, it ended up being uh, Riddle was one of the final uh, few. Christian was one of the final few. Rollins was one of the final Rollins. few. Rollins. It and was Rollins. Orton, Orton came back out as the last gotcha moment. Yeah, which, you know, honestly, I like it because it does tell an interesting story, but it's the question of where are you actually going with this? Because are we going to get Edge going for a title for real and if so are you gonna waste it and not give it to him because you don't want the pressure and weight of him being a champion back on his show 
There are a Steve lot of Lee. logistical questions here that I'm not sure I have answers to. The There's two things in play here for me, and one is that the moment of him winning and the act of him winning itself is a great thing because literally it's, it's I think, 11 years to the day after he won his first Rumble. And yeah, like he's it's, the it's first a, ever Hall of Famer to win a Rumble. To come back and win a Rumble, yeah. Active um, Hall of Famer, I guess right. is how they say that. And like... It is. It's a feel-good moment. It's it's a it's it's a good moment and a good pop in the match itself. But then going forward, you're you hit right on the head. You're not really sure where you're going with it. And truthfully, I'm happy to see Edge win, but I really wanted to see a couple of other people win instead, just because they would give better stories. Because with Edge, think about the three titles you have in play here. Just because he's touching on all of them. He was on NXT last night, hinting that he might might come after the NXT title. So your three options as it stands are Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, or the winner of either Finn Bauer or Pete Dunne. Now, let's break them down one by one. Drew McIntyre first. Who's the heel? You have to make Edge the heel. Because he's built, bro. I, I know you, you. Greatest heel sense. of all it's, time. He, one he of. is, he is. He's not a heel now, and it's going to be damn hard to turn him heel now. Easy. Easy to just no. in a promo with his fire. Oh, bro, Edge can go heel. He can go heel, but the thing is the crowd wants to see him win. Well, of course. So that's not a heel. You and they don't, want to see they don't want to see McIntyre lose. So there's no – you're kind of warped into doing a face versus face at Mania, and that doesn't really work for a Mania feud. So then the logical thing is Roman. So, Roman, are you going to have Roman lose? Yep. No. Yeah, you are, and Roman. I'll tell you why. I'll tell too, you why there's science. Too early in yet. Too Listen. early in yet. Hey, Buckles, Buckles, my buddy, my dude, my man. You're talking to Mr. Predict It, mm -hmm. the guy who predicts things at an alarming rate. And here's my thought. This is just you're, my you're You're most likely right. It's most likely to be Roman. But Roman creates this as a story and this is what i think you could do with it that changes the game a little bit and gives them another moment to draw fans back because that's a problem you have a lot of fans right now they are leaking wrestling fans like a sieve it is not good right you just care about that though they, they have to. They have to care because at some point you're not going to have a business if you don't they've, have wrestling fans, right? They've, they've, they've been leaking like a sieve for, what, a year, two years now? Sure, that's right. That's they just right. posted their, their posted quarterly standings today. Yesterday, or this year, 2020 was their most profitable year. But why is that? Because of because, deals because, that were made that right. were to the WWE. They did not mm -hmm. make that money off of their fans. So, ultimately... Ultimately, this is my thought. If you want to draw the, the the fan back in, they want to go more PG-13, be a little more aggressive. The rated R superstar is where you go. You can have him babyface to Edge or to, to Roman. You can have him be over Roman and win and have this, oh, my God, I just won at the, at the at Mania moment for Edge, right? Mm -hmm. And then, a, like, a lot of fans are kind of, I don't know if predicting is the word or wanting or wishing – but it does make sense that this is where you get the universal title out of the picture entirely. It is a belt that temporarily, listen to me, hear me out, needs to be shelved. Edge had the special spinner belt. He also held the world heavyweight title. I think 
one of two things. If he does hold that belt, that means that, what, three, two, two Hall of Famers and at least a, a, a shoe-in for a Hall of Famer and Lesnar have all held the universal title. Mm-hmm. I think it's more interesting if you have Edge bring back the world heavyweight title or a spinner belt even. Like, just for the sake of throwing a wrench in the system and being completely different in this very monotonous wheel-spinning time. Here's the thing is they're monotonous and wheel spinning because they don't care. They don't have any interest in throwing a wrench into the system at all whatsoever. Well, so, I mean, I thought that well, until I saw that, the cool intercontinental title and then the cool U.S. title, honestly. So, good. They're, but uh, they're not retiring the belt. They're just retiring a look for the belt. They're not retiring a lineage of a belt. It's just. Well, could new... you. Then the question comes, could Edge create an, a rated R version of the universal title? I don't think there's a point to it. They just they just redid the universal title to make it blue, quite literally. And the reason that they have the Lesnar winning it, the Goldberg winning it, Reigns winning it, that's the t- uh, it's the fact that they've ever since the universal title got created, they've held the universal title as being more important than the WWE title ever since it was created. It's the belt. So they're not going to retire that. That's the one they've been pushing. And again, I don't see Edge winning because I think it's too soon for them to have Reigns lose, for one. He's been completely, and I'm, I stress this, completely dominant in title matches. And you don't give the rub to a Hall of Famer for, one, for a pop. So, I don't know what they do. They clearly they've done that, but it's they've it's backfired on in the past. But it doesn't make any sense for Reigns to lose to to Edge. It, it makes no story sense whatsoever. But then it also he, doesn't make any story sense to have Edge go in and lose, and then it's just like big, um, you know, boner killer. I guess is the way to say it. But like, you know, that's why I that's why I said there wasn't much point to having Edge win. So then, what about the NXT question? The, they're not going to have their main star, their main event match being an NXT title match. Vince won't do it. But Finn Balor versus Edge puts asses in seats. You're assuming that Finn, that Vince cares a damn about Finn Balor. I know. I got. Listen, I get it. I get all the. Listen, I get your logic, Buckles. Your logical. So, so my my buckles. my thought my thought being, you know, the two people that would have been perfect to win the Rumble that didn't, Big E, which was an outside shot. You really want to capitalize on your Kofi mania. The guy who is hotter than shit is on a solo t- title run is well loved by everyone moves more merch than God right now. That's Big E. or Daniel Bryan who has never won a rumble can play the underdog. Well, would look great in getting his ass kicked by reigns. Oh yeah. That's a better feud. There's but pay-per-views some... coming up though that could pull Edge well, out of that picture. There'll there'll be a there'll be the elimination chamber, but that won't have anything to do with the what whatever belt Edge challenges for, the other belt will get the chamber match. That's how that usually tends to work. Um to say nothing of maybe they'll have I started to say, you know, I started to say they could have a tag team uh chamber match but that would require them to use all of their tag teams because they don't have enough from one show to put them in a fucking chamber match um 
I just I I like Edge winning. It's Edge is a fun choice. It made for a good moment. The story of him versus Reigns isn't bad, but there's no good ending for it. I, yeah, I think putting, all roads putting, lead to nowhere. Right. Putting him over Reigns just slows Reigns down because Edge isn't going to be your long-term guy. I love him to death, but it's just not it's not what's they're not going to hit your wagon to him. He's not the guy that's going to be leading the company for the next five years. That's Reigns. Especially now is your best heel. Like that's and there's your there's your reason that you could put someone like uh the E overs because that immediately solidifies a brand new babyface contender. Absolutely. Fuck if Keith Lee if Keith Lee had been in the match, I think he would have been a favorite, and rightfully so. But like it just it kind of took the air out of me a little bit to see the two of them get tossed because I was really pulling for the two of them. But still, I mean, happy to see Edge win because it is a good story in its own right. So not bad. And again, the Rumble itself was fun. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed this Rumble. WWE doesn't let you down when it comes to stuff like the big event and trying to get people drawn in. Uh, You know, they don't 100% hit home runs. And there were some, you know... Like I said, like, inconsistent moments, but overall, I loved this rumble. Well, I, I actually I mentioned during a Twitter or in a Twitter post during the rumble event that the rumble is the one event they have every year. Well, two if you count the elimination chamber, it's their one one chance that they can solidly create and elevate a new star. They can make a new star in that match. That's what they did for Drew last year, and they, it's when they do it, it's almost always a success. Bro, that's you just answered our own question. Because Drew is the whole damn reason that somebody like Edge is winning this match. Where if he loses, so what? He's not, he's already a made star. Doesn't hurt him to lose at WrestleMania and take away the shine of making a star, not in front of nobody, because they're they're gonna have a crowd though, right? There's like gonna be limited crowd mm-hmm. seating, there right? Will be. There will be um, weird. That's so you're you're saying that Edge could go against McIntyre and beat McIntyre. McIntyre won't lose much of a shine. No, I'm actually saying that Edge could lose and it wouldn't oh. lose much of a shine That's because fair. he's fair. a Hall of Famer and a legend. And it's like, That's oh, fair. he tried his damnedest. You know, it is what it is. That's fair. Um, I think and I know you, you didn't watch Raw, but they kind of overplayed their hand just a little bit because now they're showing what the mania feud for Drew is probably going to be. And it's not Edge. Ooh, what is they it? Turn, oh, they turned Sheamus heel. Which, you know what? It's not bad because there actually is real life like relationship between the two. The heel turn was really dumb and really kind of telegraph in a sense, but it will be a good story. Okay. It's two two friends that, uh, that well, I'll, I'll get to it on when we get to the Raw thing, but that's what it seems to be. That's what they're leading to. That's what's going to be at probably Elimination Chamber. You're going to get Sheamus and Drew. My guess is you get some kind of a dirty finish, and then you'll have the Mania match afterwards. Because it's it's a match that's it's going to be a worthy title match. It's got personal things. It's a decent story to tell, but it's not big enough that it's going to overshadow Reigns and Edge as your main event. So I have a th- thought about something else, too. The Rumble event itself was nice. But mm-hmm. I think they totally biffed their order of operation. You mean the the, uh, the order of the matches? Yep. 
Yes and no. I mean, you couldn't have both Rumbles back-to-back. No, but you definitely needed the Women's Rumble to close the show. I think it was a bigger, overall, more uh, hit and and in-the-moment moment. And uh, I think it's debatable. I, I, I can see where you're coming from, and I don't think it's a bad argument to make. I think it's a toss-up because Edge winning is a good enough po- – if, if you think it was from a crowd standpoint, crowd being there – Bianca winning the women's and Edge winning the men's are both going to get huge pops. Theoretically, you're making a new star in Bianca, so that is a legitimate spot to put it in. So I, I wouldn't be mad at it at all. But I can also see why they put Edge winning at the end because it is a significant thing. I like how you spoiler just went right to who the hell won the thing, <laughs> which made me have to then immediately jump to showing the graphic that I didn't tell you I put together. So thanks for that, bro. Planning. I do it. Should I just hit the other three that we're going to show right now, even though we're not even ready to talk about that shit yet? We're like WandaVision. We're just foreshadowing everything now. Yep. Even this is foreshadowing our foreshadows. Welcome to GIC Vision or JIW Vision. Ooh. Um, JIW WandaVision. Um, Don't say Jawanda Vision. <laughs> that sounds really odd. Isn't she the one? No, I'm not going to make that joke. I'm I'm too good for that joke. Oh, <laughs> uh, we don't need another buckles. Is going to hell night. <laughs> Fair enough. Let's uh, um, switch gears. But yeah, Bianca, but, I lo- listen. I love this women rumble. Absolutely. I That's... thought it had more energy and punch than the men's rumble. I thought there were more interesting spots. I, I didn't like the returns as much because I don't give a damn about Jillian. I love bringing, uh, bringing Victoria back. I Where was Jill- Victoria's awesome. For those who aren't watching me or who have no idea what I'm about to say, this is going to sound really gross, but where was Jillian's ugly meat flap? Well, I thought they removed that in kayfabe, didn't they? Did they? Oh, did she I have a surgery? Was, I thought that was part of her story, yeah, was that they got that. They get the whole like John Candy. Here's a quarter. Have that. Have a, a rat shoot that ugly thing off your face, kind of thing. Um, back when she was still working with JBL, I do believe that's hilarious. Um, but yeah, I love them bringing back Victoria. That's awesome. Tori Wilson came back. There was some. There was some great Kevin Dunn work when Bailey gets eliminated and you don't even get it on camera at first. They're the worst. But. Um, the thing about the women's rumble, I, I love having Bianca win. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy as hell for her and great choice. Great match. Have her fight Sasha for the love of fucking God. That is a mania match. Oh, for sure. But personally, me personally, that was not who I was hoping for the win. Well, because Rhea Ripley needed the redemption in your eyes. I yeah, I wanted I wanted to see Rhea get it because it seems pretty obvious to me they're gonna have Charlotte take the belt off of Oscar, but before Mania, they're already starting to kind of like they took the tag team belts off of her. So unless they really think that this dumbass Lacey Evans feud is a Mania feud, spoiler alert, it's not. Um Unless they happening. decide that's their mania, and then unless they decide that's their mania feud, or for the love of God, have her wrestle Rick, I don't know. Um, then she's going to be taking the belt off Oscar of between now and Mania. That's just it's. It seems like the writing's already on the wall, and if that's the case, then how better to really fix the booking hand that got dealt to Rhea last year 
when even Mick Foley came out and said, yeah, Rhea kind of got fucked. But can't you still do that even though she didn't win? Because can't she say, I have rights to that second slot and they'll probably do some sort of eliminator tournament thing where she's going to win and then obviously challenges for it? I can see her winning if they do a women's chamber match. If if they do say that Bianca is going to challenge Sasha, then they'll have the women's chamber match for the Raw Women's Championship, which I can see Rhea winning, and then you get Rhea versus Charlotte for the Raw Women's title. It's just a couple extra hoops they got to jump through to get there. Having her win the Rumble would have been in a nice, you know, package moment to do that with, kind of tidier. Sure. But they kind of fucked it up in the match because they have her and Charlotte in the same match. You have a chance to really set that feud right there, spike it into the ground and say, okay, big, big face off, roll with it. And maybe we could revisit it later. But the two of them hardly paid any attention to each other in the match. It was just kind of dumb. An afterthought as it were. Yeah. It's just, it was a weird moment. Like they could have hit that a lot more and didn't, but really this is me nitpicking because even if I was pulling for Rhea and hoping that she won, Having Bianca win is still a fantastic choice and the right choice if it's not Rhea. Well, here's the really interesting thing. So you know how this happens to me and it happens to you sometimes where you happen upon your favorite social media, you read a headline or a tweet or a post or something that gives you context to something you haven't yet seen. And all I saw was, yep, doing Rhea versus Charlotte at Mania. And I went, well, fucking Rhea won the Rumble. Okay, I know what happened there. Not even thinking about who the champs were at the time. I was just thinking about why would that person comment about Rhea? Mm -hmm. So the literally, honest to God, the whole match, my expectation is Rhea's going over. And even at the end, Rhea's going over. She's the last two. When she quite literally went over the top rope. (laughs) I freaked out because I was not expecting that. I was genuinely surprised. I want to call out a specific moment with the two of them being the last two in that was really fucking cool. When it was just Rhea and just Bianca at the very end, they both ended up on the apron. And we've seen that spot a thousand times. And they said, nope, nope, no. Fuck it, no. Let's and you can see Rhea's face like, no, watch me. This we're doing this now. We are making this. I'm not gonna get you out. Let's go back in the ring. And you could see it was really cool. Like a really it seemed like an unscripted, legitimate, like face moment for both of them. And Absolutely. It was, awesome. it was perfect, perfectly done. And then you have Bianca with her little post match promo, Mama and Daddy, I made it. Fucking great. That's how you make a baby face. Like I totally. said, the Rumble is how they make stars. You just did. Not to mention, she fucking barrel carried. You mentioned Otis earlier. Bianca straight up carried Otis the SmackDown prior like he weighed nothing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, now, let, let me also throw this out here while we're on the subject of Otis. If we don't get some version of him cosplaying as Randy Savage, then the world has lost something great. Just throwing that out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, every time, and this is just off, off out of character or off, uh, kind of off on a slight tangent. We go over, I played Dungeons and Dragons with Dave Linder of the D list and of, uh, of podcastrophy and of, uh, of uh, Dungeons with Dudes. And I also play with Tyler McLaughlin of GIC and of, my man. 
all of other of our other shows, both podcast legends with the Journey in the Comics Network. But I play with uh, the two of them. Uh, Tyler has a dog named Tucker, and every time that we go over there to play, I am I am obligated by some form of duty or law to go tuck it, tuck it. <laughs> I'd love it, Tucker. <laughs> um. I mean, again, Women's Rumble is a blast. Oh, hold on a second. You're about to get barks here. What? Tell us like it really is, Abby. Uh, she wants to play. She's wanting to play, so she's giving me the, the bow and running around in circles and starting to bark at Oh, hush. I have to record here. I talk to my dog all the time. This is what happens when you live by yourself. She's just far enough away. I, I can't get her on camera. Anywho, um, she's probably going to interject herself even more as we go on. Just throwing that out there. Um, so the match was great. Um, the Billy K spots were fun. <laughs> Nate, is, Nate is the sleepy. No, bro. I was just getting a stupid, stupid yawn out of my system. But you're all right. I loved the Billy Kay spots. Her trying to find a partner, but I, I'm not even a Billy Kay fan. And I thought it was fun. But I think that they just like it was okay. It was cool. She went in with Jillian or whatever. Billy Jilly, I get that or whatever. Jilly Billy or whatever. Why was it not Peyton? Why did they not have that like ultimate pop moment of the iconics reuniting just like the right well, way? They, they kind of did. They kind of had the iconics. Well, they spot, did it in the ring. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. Is they kind of they still kind of teased it as though she tried to do the iconic thing, and then they went with her still kind of being friends with the Riot Squad. So I mean, there's some there's some character work being done in there. Um, I do want to point out there's here's my pipe dream for a Mania match. Sure. Uh, because let's say that we have Bianca challenging Sasha, which seems to be the consensus. That's what everybody wants. Sure. Um, yeah. Give Batista, give me what I want. Um, give me what I want. Honor, give me what I want. But uh, that leaves a Bailey sized hole in your show. Wow. That sounds because... dirty. Oops. Um, <laughs> I did not intend that one. Um, so, but yeah, that leaves one of your bigger stars on SmackDown without a clear feud for Mania. And not really anybody on the roster you're going to build her up with. Naomi, not really. Carmella, they're both heels. Now she's throwing toys around over here. Who's the um, NXT Women's Champ right now? Io Shirai. Uh, yes, sign me up. I've got one better for you. Well, better, better in quotation marks, but more appropriate for WrestleMania. Um, there's another person that Bailey's low key feuding with. Oh, yeah, that's not on the main roster. Who? It's not a wrestler. <laughs> Every time that Bailey, Michael out, Cole, Michael Cole, <laughs> with the Cole shaved into the back for hairstyle, I can see them doing Michael Cole versus Bailey at Mania, and I kind of want them to do it. It would be great. Uh, get him to come out in the wrestling gear again, like the amateur wrestling gear again with the headgear and everything. I'm sold. Um, and it would be fun. But it's a, it's a placeholder thing until they get some more people up. Um, if you want to continue, like really, we've kind of hit almost everything from 
from the Rumble, except for the Last Man Standing match, which was fucking great. That was an amazing match that was very, very, very intense. Also, Paul Heyman sucks with a key. That seemed to go on way longer, and definitely there was a 10 count in there There where Roman should have lost, but I digress. Well, yeah, you kind of had a technical difficulty botch, uh, a spot botch of sorts, where the match was great. They had uh, fucking jumping off the, the, or getting thrown off the, the screen banks you had uh jumping off of the uh off the forklift you have the matt hardy running over sammy Guevara with the uh with he the hit he hit ko so hard with that golf cart yeah he actually went through the windshield yeah um but they finished it with this ingenious moment of owens handcuffing reins to the bottom of one of the stages which is brilliant but gets fucked up when Reigns grabs the ref and bodily throws him into the structure to stop the count. Again, smart move on Reigns' part. Great heel work. Um, the problem is when he does the low blow to Kevin Owens, you get him off screen for a couple seconds. Heyman's supposed to run in and unlock the uh, unlock the handcuffs, but Paulie couldn't find the hole. <laughs> Paulie couldn't get the handcuffs unlocked. <laughs> Um, and they made it worse and Nate's off the show. Um, man, I feel like the, my pillow guy, I've made a host walk off the show again. Um, <laughs> can't say he found the hole, bro. Come on. I'm walking off. I'm going to get a drink. You tell him stuff for a second. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this Nate walking off the show is brought to you by screwball peanut butter whiskey. It's delicious. And it makes me say things like this. Um, but no, Paul couldn't get the, uh, <laughs> the handcuffs unlocked. And there's this weird moment where the they bring a second ref out to do the 10 count. And ostensibly, Paul's supposed to get the handcuffs unlocked before the 10 count and couldn't do it. So the ref just stops counting. Unfortunately, the ref's on the screen when he stopped counting and everybody could see that he just gave up the count. So it goes on for like a 25 count, seemingly, before... Finally, by the grace of God, Paul Heyman gets the handcuffs off and we get the uh, guillotine spot where he chokes Owens out and the match just kind of peters out oddly because of the weird segment with the handcuffs to uh, the choke out spots. Not really a big crowd popping thing. So it's on the damn show. Is he decided to say some Sorry, I stopped talking. Come on, man. Let's get a little one to ten. I stopped talking for a moment because we can hear you walking around and talking in the background for a quick second. Um, Yeah, it kind of ruined the the, the finish just a little bit because you go from the weird, cool segment of the handcuffs to the possible botch of the handcuffs to the choke out kind of being a a bit of a downer, kind of anticlimactic in a way. Um, but before that, a great fucking match. And one of the other kind of downsides to Edge winning the Rumble and probably challenging Reigns is that we don't get more Kevin Knowens and Reigns when the two of them have great fucking chemistry. Now, to an extent, they've already had an I Quit match. They've already had a Last Man Standing match. They've already had a Steel Cage match. There's only so much more you can ring out of that barring Hell in a Cell, maybe. But 
you almost have to keep that feud going because the two of them are so perfect together. It sucks. And I would rather have more KO and Roman versus or versus each other than Edge getting shoehorned into that. But I realized that whoever was winning the Rumble is probably challenging Reigns, so I'm going to lose out either way. Could Drew lose the title before Mania to create a different feud path? Like if they were going to do, if they Randy were Orton just out of nowhere challenges Orton. and wins. Orton's getting a fun house match with Bright Mania. Lock Ooh. that in now. Lock that shit in now. Book it. It's happening. But no, uh, if they were going to if they were going to take the belt off of uh, Drew, they would have done it with Goldberg, which. By God, they actually did something right. They had Goldberg get beat. And in a in a moment, and I mentioned when Effie got thrown down the stairs, that kind of, hey, hey go check on him. Make sure he's okay moment. Um, Goldberg gets uh, Claymore a couple of times and then shakes Drew's hands and kind of walks off and you know kind of stumbles to the back. And I had the thought, and I put it out on Twitter, of, Okay, one of two things just happened. Either Goldberg suddenly got really good at selling, or he might be concussed. Let's go check on him, please. As much as I may not be a fan of Goldberg at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um that was a fun match though, at least for all the three minutes that it lasted. It was um It was a Goldberg match. It was a Goldberg match, man. It's it, I guess it's funny though because of all the the talking that's happened around the the current generation the, of talent the, the and all this stuff. The Undertaker thing, mm-hmm. yeah. a whole nine yards. So that whole bit is just like, man. The 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 shine's kind of come awful goldy for everybody, but Vince at the moment. It's kind of Rip- interesting to see. Goldberg has found himself about to leave the company in the same graces of the fans as he was in 2004, which is hard to say considering he was super hot when he came back back. Right. When it was, oh, my God, we're actually going to get Goldberg for a minute when he's still at the cream of the crop. And then, of course, a few stupid matches later, here we are. Yeah. Um, Almost killing Undertaker and then killing Bray's momentum. Yeah. Killed KO's momentum. Let's not forget. Right. So, um, so we've talked about the Rumble event quite a bit, and understandably so. It's a big four pay-per-view. It's one of the big tentpole things for WWE. It's the start sure. of Mania season, so, I mean, rightfully so. Um, going into uh, Raw the next night, again, we have the Edge Tees. Um, we have um, the main event was Edge versus Orton because we needed to get that again. Orton, whose facial uh, facial burns cleaned up very quickly, by the way. He's healed up Wolverine-esque in a way. <laughs> he's uh, he's definitely a weapon RKX. That's almost a show title. Not as good as the Hurricane one, but almost there. It was um, okay. It was a shot. Yeah. Eat this pizza um, shame. <laughs> I am shame. Um but they did the, the rematch with Edge at the end of the night, and then the match ends when uh, Alexa Bliss appears on the turnbuckle, I guess bleeding from the mouth, or just like drooling blood for no apparent reason. And that distracts Orton long enough for Edge to win with the spear. So hmm. we're, con- we're continuing the Alexa Bliss. And they, you know, it took them, they've done the, the, uh, the Thunderdome since back at SummerSlam. So almost like six to seven months now. And they're just now figuring out, hey, we can use this for cinematic stuff. 
like Alexa Bliss changing costumes mid-match a bunch of times. So now they're just spamming it like they would finishers in a Goldberg match. Um. <laughs> I noticed, too, they teased her transformation in the in the rope. In the rumble. Yeah, yes, they did. And, and then everybody get, jumped her. <laughs> only to get, nope, nope, we're not doing that. Nope, fuck off with that shit. I kind of would have loved to have seen, though, what how that would have played out had her other side come out. Mm, it would have been interesting. It would have been a good spot to, uh, if you need to clear the ring for a bit, like you need to have a monster heel come in, like a Braun Strowman where he tosses everybody for a second. If you have Bliss go super dark Saiyan and all of a sudden can't be damaged by anything and just starts throwing buckers out left and right. That's a good spot. But then she comes back and gets tossed. Who knows? But it was still kind of a fun little subversion of it. So I, I didn't hate it. And I liked that Rhea was the one that did it. So I'm happy about that. Um, other things from raw, we did find out that uh, Kofi and Biggie and Xavier Woods, uh, who were, were rocking the Brody Lee gear. Loved it. Fucking. The detail on that, if you've not had a chance to go look at that, the amount of detail that went into that oh, I is saw. fucking great. Like, they've got the silhouettes of his kids on there. Uh, the different patterns, different fabrics is fucking spot on. But they auctioned it off to give to the local food bank in Rochester, New York, Brody's hometown. Which hits me on two levels because, A, great for Brody fan. B, I'm a food and bank employee, so I love seeing it. I actually sent Biggie a tweet saying, hey, I really appreciate it. This is really cool what you're doing. So, again, all three of them seem to be legitimately wonderful human beings as well as they keep showing everybody. Um, yeah, Raw was cool. That's They had the uh, they had the Seamus heel turn, um, which was like they've been teasing it for a while where Drew and Seamus are these longtime friends and and they would fight amongst each other, but still, you know, make up at the end. They're just brothers. But I don't remember it ever having been mentioned prior. So even if they are legitimately friends, and they've known each other for years. It's never really been an on-screen thing. So it kind of came out of left field. And with Seamus being the heel character that we all know him to be, he was even called out on screen with like Keith Lee going, "We know you're gonna, we know you're gonna stab him in the in the back. That's what's gonna end. We know that it's sorry, it's gonna happen." Um, and they kept playing against it. They kept playing against it. Even though Seamus is an asshole to everybody else, he was still Drew's friend. And then they had the segment with Drew and Edge and Edge saying, I'm not going to give you the, the satisfaction of knowing if I'm challenging you yet. Seamus comes out and then just broke kicks Drew. And when they asked him about it backstage, why aren't you friends with Drew anymore? He says, because we're not friends. With, it's with just answers like that, weird. It with answers like sense. that, you could. With answers like that, you could run for Congress. Um, but the idea is that, and, and then they had a little promo with Drew later, where he's almost in tears. Like you can see him kind of, kind of welling up a little bit. So if this is more important to you than our friendship, then you got your match. So I mean, that's the feud they seem to be going with. Okay. I don't hate it. It's kind of foreshadowed. It's kind of teased a little bit. It's kind of kind of signaled a little too much by the way i see you mr bruiser weight pete dunn wearing i am uh, actually yeah, i i uh a little bit of spoiler from my my bedroom i don't have an overhead light i just have a lamp in there so when i went to get into my closet i didn't bother to turn the lamp on i just like okay this is where i have the wrestling shirts in my closet grab a random one hey pete dunn shirt there we go hell yeah 
Yeah, he's getting a title fight. Yeah, I hope he wins. Um, even though he's a heel. Um, so Raw was fun. Moved it real quick to SmackDown. Or not to SmackDown. We haven't had SmackDown yet. But going to NXT because we're going to be talking a lot more about AEW, I feel. Um, NXT is shaping up for next Sunday is the... Um, I really wish they'd have gone with the St. Valentine's Day Massacre again. Vengeance Day. Vengeance Day, which... Whatever, fine. Um, on the card, we have now Pete Dunn versus uh, Finn Balor for the title. I would kind of hope they get Kyle O'Reilly in there somehow just because he's been a player in the feud, but I understand why they don't. Uh, we also get the triple threat match of Io Shirai, Rhea Ripley, or not Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, uh, Tony Storm, and Mercedes Martinez, which here for uh, will be fucking great. We're also going to get Gargano and Kushida, which should be amazing. Uh, and we're going to get the finals to both the Dusty Classic matches, um, which I don't have them in front of me. We don't have finalists yet, but I do know on the men's side, we still have MSK in. We still have Grizzled Young Veterans in. We have uh, Champa and Thatcher in, and we have Legato Del Fantasma in. Still all left. Uh, on the women's side, I believe, um, I know uh, – Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai are still in. Um, I believe the way is still in. So Indy Hartwell and Candice LeRae. Like, uh, oh, uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Ember Moon are both still in as well. Okay. So we have that. Um, shout out to the Dakota Kai, or not Dakota Kai. Yeah, the Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez versus uh, uh, the Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter match simply for the fact that Casey Gattenzaro is fucking fun to watch in the ring. She's very acrobatic. Uh, she's acrobatic naturally, and she's dating Ricochet, so she's learning shit. She did her crazy, cool, like, super weird finisher again. Yeah. Um, didn't win this time, but one of the virtues you have with Casey is that she's really small, and she makes people look really big next to her. So, uh, pulling back a little bit, a couple weeks ago, we had um, Nia Jax kind of stealing... Raquel Gonzalez's one-arm powerbomb on uh, Dana Brooke and damn near killing her. Like, it looked really bad because she just bounced the back of her head off the ring, but it's Nia, so you kind of expect unsafe. Uh, the reason I bring it up is that Gonzalez did it to uh, Casey Catanzaro last night, and because Casey is so little, so petite, and Gonzalez is so not... Um, it looked like Gonzalez was like throwing her through the ring. It is a nasty, safe, safe as hell, perfectly done. But the amount of velocity that it looked like she got on there, she looked like she was fastballing Casey through the bottom of the ring. And it was fucking fun. Um, so yeah, NXT is a lot of fun. Edge was on NXT. Obviously, um, we had this really weird bit where, um, the cruiserweight champion uh, Santos Escobar is being messed with or challenged by Karrion Cross, who is decidedly not a cruiserweight. <laughs> um, but I'm for it because they're both great wrestlers. I don't know what they're going with it, but sure, why not? Um, but NXT was a lot of fun again. Uh, but the big news from last night has to come from AEW. And I kind of want to hit, let's hit the rest of Dynamite first, because I feel like when we get to the big reveal or the big moment from the night, we're off to the races. 
Sure, for sure. That's probably going to be where we're closing so, the show is right, on this big news. Right, so, right. Uh, uh, I do want to actually real quick as, as far as big news, I do want to touch on one other thing WWE wise. I've forgotten about. We also had a release of um, Lars Sullivan, no longer a WWE superstar. Uh, I would released uh, back in January. I would argue he never was. Uh, he was an NXT superstar. He well, that's well true. Well pushed and well booked on NXT. He was part of a great six man ladder match. Uh, I think it was six or eight man ladder match back at one of the takeovers. Great stuff. He did great things there. Oh, I agree. But, 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 but there's a lot of but there. Is that a double entendre for the, the background it, and story? It, 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 it wasn't intentionally. Sullivan. It wasn't, it wasn't intentionally. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of butts, and he got shown the back door. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna make Nate walk off again. <laughs> I, I mean, I was like, I'm, I'm eyeing the screen because like I want to a little bit. Like this is like a flip the, you know. But supposedly he's had, he's obviously had a lot of backstage issues, a lot of issues with social media. He's had some issues with apparently harassing people in the past, but the report given was that he's actually he no showed a couple of times he had really bad anxiety issues and i guess his father passing away really exacerbated it so he just decided i can't do this anymore which good on him i know they did make him go through sensitivity training he did make a couple comments about the fact that he's trying to be a better person now so maybe he's actually waking up in which case good for you always room for improvement yeah yeah i mean Actions speak louder than words, so don't say about it. Be about it. Go do it. Good for you. Hope for the best for you, man. Um, But that's all for really WWE. Getting into AEW, we started off the night with the Tag Team Battle Royal, which may be leading to the breakup of the Inner Circle. Pretty interesting how things played out there. We Mm -hmm. we had. I do like seeing Top Flight getting a bit of a rub there. That was cool. I did Um, not like them doing a Battle Royal days after the royal rumble though i I gotta say that because it was just like hokey i don't either but there is precedent for it and that they had a tag team battle royal for a number one contendership spot a year ago sure so i mean there's there's continuity behind it at least maybe the timing's not great but there's continuity behind it uh they really need to ramp up what they're doing for revolution because that card's not fully built yet and it's coming up um but this tag team battle royal, I was happy to see Top Flight getting a little bit of a rub. Uh, Johnny Hungy got a good rub out of it too. Man, he had some dope spots. They're, I love that they're focusing on him. Um, but we have the ending is Chris Jericho inadvertently eliminating Sammy while eliminating Top Flight. So later on in the show, you get some friction where Sammy's like, "Why? Why are we always the ones taking the falls for you?" And Jericho kind of walks out, and then you see MJF close the door and say, hey, I guess we have some things to talk about. So I don't know if that's Sammy getting kicked out or if they're going to turn on Jericho. We're going to find out, but we got some character development going, and I like it. Well, I mean, Um, you yourself had said that it was possible that we were getting Jericho getting removed as the leader of the inner circle. And honestly, that's a more clever play because to disassemble the inner circle and – move into something else at this point is not as clever as continuing that brand and then putting MJF as the new lead 
honestly, you know who it has echoes of is the Bullet Club. That's kind of the style that Bullet Club had. If you look at Kenny turning on AJ, AJ having taken over for Finn, there's some uh, switchblade Adam now Cole up in there. Kenny. Yeah, switchblade taking over for Kenny. Um, there's some precedent to that, which is kind of interesting. Um, but you also trying to think what else we had on the show. We had the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match, which was great. I didn't like the finish, which makes me think they're going to redo it at uh, Rev at Revolution, which I hope they do. Um, but good match otherwise. He had the wedding. He had the wedding, which you and I were talking off air. I think maybe the actual first time a wedding has gone and actually succeeded. The, it got messed with after the fact, but the wedding itself was a success. And I don't have anything to back this up, but I could swear that I read, a, I read a rumor that that was an actual wedding, that James Mitchell is an actual officiant and did actually bury them on screen. I actually know for a fact James Mitchell is a real official. Can we, can we say how cool it was to have him on there? That was a neat little touch. Yeah. And when he, I, I cackled at him saying to have and to kayfabe or whatever. I love it. To have and to grope. To have and to grope. Well, he's in honor and cave. He used kayfabe in there a couple times. Yeah. And too. it was really, it was really funny. Um, and I even made the comment that when the shows, when the wedding starts, like, I, I sent out a tweet, y'all realize Orange Cassidy's in the cake, right? <laughs> he's not in the giant present. He's in the cake. Uh, and then later on, there we go. Um, but yeah, you had the traditional interference after the fact with Chuck Taylor and OC getting a little bit of one up on on Miro and all them, which is fun. Um, you also had uh, the lumberjack match between uh, Lance Archer and uh, Eddie Kingston, which was a lot of fun as well. My personal highlight was seeing that Bear Country got a bit of a rub in there who they've just been on dark bear country is a favorite of mine from beyond. So yep. I love seeing them getting a bit of a rub. They're a good monster tag team, which AEW really doesn't have. True. They have every other variety of tag team, but they don't really have a monster team. And that would be a good one for it. Um, you also had, and I hate to say this is a little bit of a downside. You had more of the Cody Rhodes, Jade Cargill, Shaquille O'Neal thing, which has now been moved off of Revolution is now just going to take place on a dynamite. I can't remember which one, but coming up. Good. Yeah, that's kind of a rare miss for AEW because I don't care about that at all. I I could not care less about watching Shaquille O'Neal and watching Red Velvet and watching uh, Jade Cargill in a match. I, I just I, I cool to see them build up Red Velvet and Jade Cargill as they need more people in the women's division. That's fine. I, I have zero interest in watching Shaq Russell. I don't care at fucking all. It's a TBS TNT plant thing. I, I no, I fine. Do it as a gimmick. I don't care. Um, we had a little bit of promo hype for Sting and Darby versus the uh, Team Taz match coming up at Revolution. Uh, we also got hyped to hear that Janelle is going to challenge for the TNT title in a match that I'm sure will have no outside interference. Um, <laughs> said with utter but, sarcasm right right uh, but the story of the night oh you also had Matt Hardy and Hangman tagging which is going to lead somewhere um, but the story of the night comes from the main event which was Pac, Phoenix Moxley versus uh, the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega match itself fucking fantastic Pac is one of the best wrestlers on the planet uh, I will go to my grave saying that, that 
Phoenix needs to have the world title at some point. Um, but as good as the match was, it was completely overshadowed by the ending angle, which was Moxley going after Kenny and getting beaten up or attacked by a masked man or a masked individual who took the mask off to reveal he is fucking Kenta of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Bro, the I, forbidden I door has, has been, been kicked opened. opened. I actually sent uh, Nate a voice recording message that, uh, 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 yeah, what? He, 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 no, here was the exact, here was the exact message. Cause I remember it. Cause it was one of those, like, as soon as I heard it, I was like, okay, I need to immediately change my game plan and get on seeing what it is that we're talking right. about here. And this was the message. Buckle says, hey, um, <laughs> Hey, I don't know uh, if you watched the last few minutes of Dynamite, if you've watched Dynamite, you watched the last few minutes. Um, but literally the last minute and a half had me just going, uh, 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 uh. And I started <laughs> laughing, and I'm like, what is happening? So I Im immediately, I literally went on and started watching the last possible thing I could find and started watching at the end to see the reveal of Kenta show up and and hit the GTS on Mox, stand over him. You know we've Mox, obviously who got sold that, who sold that very funny. If you watch that, actually, so he oh yeah he he flopped, sat back up and flopped and again, sits back up yeah. Uh, but here's the thing that was interesting to me: on Tuesday night, you had a Tony Khan led promo on Impact talking about John Moxley going to New Japan to challenge. Or to, to defend his title, which he hasn't done in a year, okay? Which he hasn't done in a year because of COVID. Don't... There's there's two things. There's two things at play here. And it, it actually goes right into why we're getting what we're getting. And I'll get to that in just a second. Sure, sure. Go ahead. Continue. And I know the news as well. But you had Kenta win the number one contendership for the IWGP US title and has been holding that briefcase or whatever it is they hold since. And he uh, actually was attacked by Mox at a recent New Japan event. Mm -hmm. uh, Mox showed up first. So really, Mox drew the first blood. And then this is Kenta being like, you bitch, I'm going to cut you now. And um, it was a great moment. The forbidden door being kicked open. Nate's fantasy land is coming to fruition in AEW. Uh, the, the playground where everyone's playing We've, apparently there's some there's some big dominoes in play right now and, and really it, it seems a little hyperbole to say that but it can't really be understated because we have almost confirmation from it's from Meltzer who knows New Japan more than most and knows AEW more than most actually giving us reason behind it and the reason you hear us say the forbidden door let me give you a little bit of backstory because we don't talk that much about New Japan uh, on the show and part of that it's part of that's because new japan took a lot of 2020 off they did but, they absolutely right. did so <clears throat> what you have happening right now um moxley had the uh, u.s title put on him uh back before aew dynamite was a thing like he won uh prior to the g1 even i believe it's prior to the g1 um may have been after i may be wrong but uh prior to dynamite starting that october of 19 or 2019 um, and when he did, obviously the world was a finer, sunnier, nicer, brighter place where people were dying in the hundreds of thousands. And you could travel um, freely amongst the borders. Yes. Yes. That's a, that's a key thing. 
because his contract with AEW states that he is free to wrestle anywhere else in the United States as long as you have approval from Tony Khan. So he's able to do things like Josh Barnett's blood sport that he did at the collective this year in October or 2020 of October, October of 2020. He said correctly. Um, he's Good able save. to do that because, because Tony Khan okays that. Now he can't go overseas to Japan to defend the U S title in new Japan in 2020 because of COVID restrictions. So if they're going to do the match, it has to be done on U.S. soil, which New Japan does have a U.S. promotion running right now or a U.S. branch running right now that Kenta has been part of. However, you can't get that match done without talking to Tony Khan. So the only way that they can really get their belt, short of stripping Moxley, which they don't want to do, oddly enough because they've already stripped him once before, but they for some reason are reluctant to do this time, the only way they're able to get the belt off of him is by partnering with AEW to an extent, or at least addressing Tony Khan and addressing the issue at hand. <clears throat> um, the fact that Harold Meiji, the former owner of New Japan, is no longer with the company opens up a little bit more communication as well. So we got confirmation today from Meltzer that not only is there a relationship now because of Omega, or not from Omega, but because of Moxley and because of this situation, but it is something they plan on doing more with in the future. Now, they can't do much with it right now, again, because of COVID restrictions, but... Well, and you want to have a pop from a real crowd when, I mean, listen, let's just really quit, and I'm not to cut you off, but like, let's just talk about one of the real elephants in the room here. They pulled off this shocking, ridiculous can't believe it beyond storyline moment of evolving and bringing back the concept of a revolving door territory idea mm -hmm. with no fucking fans or very few limited fans. Again, you, you kind of roll with what's given to you and they don't have much choice, but to do it right now. Now I, I, I while I do think that they want to do this with the best possible crowd in front of it with fans, there's still the idea that nobody knows when the fuck's actually going to happen. We don't. We have no it's way true. of knowing. We can't know. It's we very can't true. know. So the idea of holding something back until we have fans is a idea that is not going to bear much fruit because you don't know when that's going to be. It could be two years from now before they have a full stadium again, even with vaccines. I mean, we don't know. So they kind of have to do something eventually. Crowd, or, crowd be damned. So right now anything that they do short of Moxley, like the idea that they're going to have this Moxley thing happen first, that's going to go down, probably go down at uh, either a new Japan program. It might go down at revolution. We don't know. Cat control. Fine, fine, fine. But uh, the idea that there's going to be more, there is going to be more done down the road. There is now a relationship built or at least a working relationship with new Japan and AEW, but we won't see much of that come to fruition until COVID restrictions specifically are eased up. So until oh New Japan gosh. can send people to the U.S. or vice versa, until AEW can send people over to New Japan, then we'll start seeing a lot more of this come to come to light. We could see Kenny versus uh, Kota Ibushi, who, spoiler alert, has the IWGP heavyweight and intercontinental titles. And wants to uh, unify them. Wants to unify them. V, and, will you come get butters? And has a... Uh, and has a relationship with Kenny that we all know about. 
also you have a kind of a low-key feud brewing between the uh the elite bullet club if you will of the bucks and the good brothers and kenny and the true faction of bullet club or the existing faction of bullet club that is jay white and tamatanga and tangaloa and fale and kenta and all the originals well kenta's not an original uh, but the only three that are still left that are originals are the uh god and uh bad luck fale but you have the original bullet club which may or may not be now feuding with bullet club light if you want to call them that the elite bullet club bro come on dog Maybe. I don't know. Um, but there's a nice little feud there, and that's a moneymaker feud for both companies, for one. For sure. Um, there's also the idea that Ring of Honor has had partnership with New Japan up until recently as well. And there's CMLL and a AAA that both AEW and New Japan both work with as well. Um, Impact is now wrapped up into it as well. And even though there's a little bit of bad blood between, I don't know if it's still there or not, but there's been some old wounds between impact and uh, new Japan in the past, how they handled Okada while he was there. But think about the amount of different things you can do, not just talent wise, but you could do a new Japan, AEW match at, you know, Mark, uh, I almost said market square um, at Madison square garden, or you can do, uh, Ring of Honor and AEW and fuck it, NWA at the Corican Hall in Japan. Has Wrestle War been uh, coined yet? Not that I'm aware of. Because that's what we're building to is the Wrestle War, where it's going to have... be a bunch of different people from a bunch of different promotions and a big super event that's on the same level of, and we've seen it before. We act like this Forbidden Door is real. All in happened, my friend. Mm-hmm. All in was a thing that had every a bunch of people from a bunch of different promotions working together. And I know the young New bucks Japan, and New Japan was not part of it, but well, but they had people in it. Yes, they did. All in wasn't no. Kota Ibushi a part of All in? No. Am I no, bro? No, no I'm dead serious. What, was he all part of All Out then? No. Kota was a part of one of them. He had to have been, bro. Now, New Japan has not had literally up until now, New Japan has had no dealing, zero dealing with anything AEW affiliated because they were, for lack of a better term, butthurt that the Jacksons and Cody and Kenny left. You got to remember, they Kenny was their big guy. Kenny was the guy that they heaped everything onto. And New Japan does not do that lightly. Ah, uh, yeah. that. They are big on when they make somebody, that person is one like one of their you guys. Don't get short, you don't get short title runs unless your name's evil. Um, you don't get uh, like Okada is a made guy. Obushi is a made guy. Naito, for the most part, is a made, made guy. man. Oh, yeah. So when they put you in that spot and they put they put the belt on Kenny. Six star matches happen there. Because they put faith in Kenny, and then Kenny, the first chance, or maybe not first chance, but when the chance to go to AEW and work with his friends came up, he was out. The Bucks were out. The Bucks, who they put a lot into as well. Cody. A lot of the, you got to think, that last year that they were all there, a lot of the major New Japan feuds had to do with the Bullet Club. 
You're right. Um, the Bullet Club is fine. That whole issue with Cody. Um, the Golden Star Lovers. The uh, ev- Pretty much everything they did with Coda up until Kenny left had to do with Kenny. Yep. So when he left, when all of them left, New Japan had a lot of issues with that. And there was not only the personal issues or personal, not necessarily bad blood, but hurt feelings, let's say. Um, and there's also as reported by Meltzer today that they didn't think AEW was going to last. They thought it was some little fly-by-night thing, and they pretty much big-timed him, as, as Meltzer said. They big-timed him and said, have fun with that. We'll be over here doing our own thing, so when you guys can come crawling back to us. So, again, that a lot of that has to do with Meiji, the former owner who's no longer with the company. Sure. So, so let's talk real quick, yeah. Buckles, because before we spin out of control into the you know this last little bit of this, we did get a match out of the Kenta showing up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's next week, important. Yeah. Next week of all, like not even, we're not even waiting and building. We're going right at it. So we're going to have a false count anywhere. It was originally proposed as a lights out match, but I don't think they want to do a lights out match on network TV. Um, given these, the, the um, reputation they've got for lights out matches in the AEW already, but we're getting uh, Lance Archer and Moxley, which is already a bit of an odd tag team versus Kenny and Kenta. And one thing that's interesting to note about that, too, is they didn't just bill it as John Moxley. They billed him John Moxley, IWGP U.S. champion. And that title is in the picture. And that's a big deal. Not just that one of their stars is in the picture, but that they're carrying that feud over into Mm -hmm. this into this world. There's also the little fun fact of uh, do you remember who challenged uh, Moxley at last year's Wrestle Kingdom for that belt? Wasn't it Kenta? It was Lance Archer. Oh, it was Lance Archer. They had that Tex- Texas, Texas uh, death te- match. Te- the Texas death match. Yes, they did. Yep. So kind of cool history there. Um, but for me, it's going to, again, it's going to take a little while before this is in full blow. Like they're not going to, they've said, they've gone on record pretty much through Meltzer is saying that there is a relationship there. They do want to do more stuff in the future with it, but it's going to depend on COVID restrictions from being able to send people over. So it's it's not going to be, you're not going to see a bunch of New Japan people in there tomorrow. Kenta happened because Kenta lives in Florida. Simple. But you will get it eventually. And my my brain meets the, today or really immediately afterwards are just swimming with what matchups can we see out of this? Can we get Kenny versus Kota? Are we going to get Moxley versus Shingo Takagi? Which, fuck, please. Are we going to get Orange Cassidy versus Toriano? Fuck, please. Are we going to get some permutation of Will Ospreay, Hiromu Takahashi, Pac, and Phoenix? Give me now. As he shoots up that good wrestling jazz into his veins. Um, if Full statement, if we get some, if we get a four-way, give me a four-way between Pac and Phoenix, Will Ospreay, and Hiromu Takahashi, my pants will explode by the time the show is over. <laughs> They'll he just disappear. They will evaporate. And they will detonate. Ew. Um, that is that is some good shit, pal. Legitimately good shit, pal. Wrestling is crazy right now, Buckles. The forbidden door is open. Here's one thing to mention on Dynamite. You had, here's one thing we didn't even say. 
you had AW superstars, an NWA superstar, the Impact Tag Champions, and Kenta from New Japan all on the same mm-hmm. one night. Yep, that on, on U.S. network television. If that is not a super kick to Vince McMahon's hold on, pocketbook, hold on. let's go. Let's go even further. Let's go a little bit further down the rabbit hole. You have Impact. You have New Japan. You have AEW. You have NWA. Called by Jim Ross of WWE, Tony Schiavone of WCW. Sting was also on the show, and also headed up by. Excalibur, who ran PWG. It's all the best of wrestling. Oh, this and you, is have Taz from EC- you have Taz's ECW belt still on the show, too. The ultimate wrestling coalition, bro. You, you know, I'm still, I'm still hesitant. I don't know that we're going to get this dream world that we want to see. I hope to God that we do. I, the skeptic in me still wonders if we're going to get a muted version of it or a pared down version of it, but the possibilities just from what we saw last night, the the possibilities of different groups working together, if they're willing to, because we know that while NWA may be willing to work with AEW, we don't know if they're willing to work with New Japan or vice versa. Again, I don't know that Impact is willing to work with, with New Japan either. Did we get versa. the we, Alvarez we numbers this. for Dynamite last night? I haven't seen that. I don't know yet. I'm a look. I don't know. Um, but... If we do get this amazing wrestling world where everything is territories and people can cross over to this, that, and the other, and we have great relationships built with all these different companies that aren't really even competing anymore because Ring of Honor is not competing with AEW. New Japan is not competing with Ring of Honor. New Japan is not competing with AEW for screen time or anything like that you could see something like a Kota Ibushi or you could see a Naito going for the NWA title. You could have God Dragon Lee from, from AAA showing up on impact again. You could have, you know, proud and powerful showing up to fight gorillas of destiny at the Corican hall. There's so many things, so many little things that we can get all folded in. Um, Let me give you some numbers while we're folding it. I fucking love it. Sure. AEW was in the top three or was number three in the 18 to 49 market. NXT didn't make the top 50. NXT. That's interesting. Concerning, NXT not getting that. Concerning the head edge on the show is interesting. NXT did 610,000 views. AEW did 844,000 views. So on their way to th- almost 300,000 more overall viewers than. Right. NXT that says a lot right. and and, and, and especially with what's happening now and the news that comes out of this week what's going to yeah, come next in week next could week be big. next week like, could be really big they could easily bring a mill in next week it's and again we have you have to temper your expectations for a little while at least for just a short time because again COVID is still going to fuck this up for the time being be happy that there is a stable relationship supposedly in the wings right now we may not see anything of it for a little bit, but yeah, don't rush it or we're not going to get it. You know what I mean? Don't be, don't be entitled wrestling fans. We can't afford to. We need this. Just take God a deep it. breath, bro. They'll bring it to us. Those like, good things are coming to those who wait. The, the coolest thing for me, really, and I, I just kind of alluded to it with having the idea of different people going different places, is that one of the things that I really love about this past weekend was watching the Fight Forever stuff. 
which was a bunch of people from a bunch of different mini promotions and mini mini feds all on the same maybe not the same card specifically in the same block but all working together for one program and you could see cross-pollination between them and, and people kind of showing up multiple times throughout the night or going to different different shows different promotions and that's one of the reasons i love watching the indies as much as i do you never know who's going to show up exactly and now you could be seeing that on a national scale at the highest level not just the indies and i i don't say that to show that i don't say that to infer that the indies are a minor league but to show that with the backing of a tnt or a major network the highest of spotlights you could be seeing that again this we're never going to get back to the original territory days where every territory you know has their say of everything and it's literally just carving up the country this is the new era territories of their own way. And really it already has been, it already has been. It's just territories were never contract exclusive. No, these can be. Uh, well, yeah. And I think we live in an interesting world where the narration of what the bucks were able to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't, I, I'm sure you saw, but obviously they're trading light jabs with bullet club in new Japan because oh, they yeah. said, Oh Yeah. G.O.D. is not happy. Tomatonga is not happy about it. They said, look, we threw up the two sweet, and you guys now have the number one best-selling shirt again for the first time in so many years yeah. because of us, not you. And that doesn't benefit the Bucks at all. No, it doesn't. It doesn't benefit um, them. They're not I making almost, money on it. If I'd, have, if I'd have looked at what I was picking, I probably would have worn the Bowl Club shirt tonight. Um, there's also something kind of a, I want to throw out about that show. It's not, not got anything to do with the Territories idea or anything like that. Although... One quick aside, I do think that G.O.D., Tamatanga, and Tangaloa might live in the States as well full-time. I don't know if they live in, in Japan full-time or no. If they do live in the States, that could be one we get too, and I would love to see that. Um, but a little negative from Dynamite last night. Can we please get rid of Jim Ross? He was awful. You're really he at that point already, terrible. huh? He... um. It, it there's going to be a moment that's going to get called out on Botchamania. I know it will uh, during the Thunder Rosa Britt Baker match, um, in which Ross couldn't. He called Thunder Rosa Hikarashita, basically like, yeah, Hikarashita is a great striker. Look at all the strikes she's throwing, and then you hear Excalibur go, yeah, Thunder Rosa is really good at those too. <laughs> <laughs> like, like man, Jim Ross covering, covering for Ross. It's becoming painfully obvious that Jim Ross does not watch the programming. Like he, he's there, he's there watching the show as it's live. But he's but he not doesn't tuning put, into who's actually there. He puts there. zero. He puts very little effort into learning things behind the scenes. Maybe he scouts. I don't know. Uh, maybe he's part of creative. I don't know. But yeah. It's like every night there's just more like he's more excited about picture and picture than he is about calling the matches. And Don't worry, says, folks. If we lose action during this and go restra- to a commercial, it's going restra- to be a picture in picture. Restaurant quality picture in picture. It's like he's not the worst. He's not Lawler yet. He's not Lawler. Thank God. Which here's a head scratcher for you. Why then? Why in the unholy name of the Ultimate Warrior was 
Jerry Lawler tapped to do commentary for the Women's Rumble. Why? Why? I don't know, but he definitely said some real off-color shit that I was like, wow, you let him do that. Uh, he is. He's got naked pictures of Vince somewhere. He's got some kind of blackmail shit. <laughs> like, there's there's no other reason for them to continue having him on and, and giving him carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wants to do, apparently. Or maybe Vince just thinks he's funny. I don't know. But probably the latter, actually. Probably the latter. Probably the latter. Oh, it hurt my brain. It did, man. Well, before we hurt our brains too much more, I think this is probably a good spot for us to uh My brain can't take much more hurting. There's only one or two cells left in there and they're 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 holding on. For all well. that is holy and just. And I, I'm attempting to kill them myself, apparently. So. Hey, there you go. All right, folks. Well, as always, check out Journey into Wrestling on all the different podcasting platforms you do check us out on. Get us on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, YouTube, where you can subscribe. Don't forget to click that bell to get notifications for every time a new episode's coming live. If you're watching us on Facebook, like the page, comment, subscribe below. Make sure to share this around to your friends and your fellow folks that like the wrestling. We are two short weeks away from that glorious 100th episode, mm -hmm. so we are coming mm -hmm. real soon right around the bend. Hopefully we have some interesting wrestling news to dissect and digest and discuss. Well, um, I mean, we'll have next week alone we'll have TakeOver. It's going to and be we're a good on, one. We're on the road to WrestleMania, so we'll have interesting news because it's the only time they actually put effort into them. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm big excited, Buckles. But is there anything else you wanted to add before we dive out of here? I think I think we're in good shape, actually. Uh, don't forget to check out the Twitter feed as well, uh, J-I-W on J-I-C, uh, where I am live-tweeting Raw and SmackDown when getting the occasion or live-tweeting uh, independent shows. You even uh, live-tweeted some of uh, Dynamite the other night. I popped in with a couple. I, I I couldn't resist throwing a couple of messages in during the wedding, but I say I kind of stay off during Dynamite just for the fact that it's actually interesting. So you like watching um, it? Yeah. I I try to watch it. Same with NXT. That's why I don't usually live tweet NXT unless something really ridiculous happens. But um, no, I uh, I do try to live tweet Raw and SmackDown as much as possible. Uh, if there are indie shows, I will try to do those. Usually pay per views. I'm trying to get in on. Uh, I was there for all the Rumble, but come on, join in the conversation. I will talk shit with you. Hell will, yes, he absolutely and will. And it, excuse me, if you're a podcast, if you're a fellow wrestling podcast, by all means, feel free to send us a like, send us a follow. I'll be following straight back, and I will do what I can to signal boost you as well. Oh, I love We're, it, man. We are we are a big happy family. We are Groot. Anyways, I think that's gonna do it for this week's episode. Buckles, this has been. Season 5, episode 16 of Journey into Wrestling. Stand back! There's a chubby bunny coming through. Anyways, I've been Nate. Uh, I'm Buckles. And as always, we will see you folks next week. Later.